Leadership development exists because none of us are perfect, fully realized people. We all have room for growth in our lives and need help along the way. Hi, and welcome to Developing Imperfect Leaders. Because the last time I checked, we're not Jesus. This podcast is a project of the Leadership Development Institute at Hope Community Church, intended to help you explore and grow your leadership skills for service both inside and outside the church. I'm your host, Paul Stiver, and I'm joined by my co-host, Kaylin Larson. Hi. And Natty Severson. Hey there. So let's get right into it. Quick fun fact. I'm going to go Kaylin's way this time. Uh, just that so we're trying to give away a little bit more about who we are. Kaylin, give us a fun fact about you. So the fun fact that I thought of was in middle school, specifically seventh and eighth grade, I was a little boy band obsessed. <laughs> Not um, surprised. I know. It's, uh, um, so, you know, there's like NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, but then there was also a band uh, called Dream Street. Um, it feels made up. Like if you were <laughs> I, doing a sitcom. I mean, it was Jesse I'm McCartney's band right before now. Jesse McCartney went solo. Okay. So he was part of this I band. don't even know who Jesse yeah, McCartney is. He feels sings like another Beautiful Soul. Nope. Oh, beautiful soul. These all feel like made Wildly up. Okay. okay. Anyways, so I uh, loved them. I went to, um, well, so they broke up or they were going to like, they were having their last concert uh, before they were going to uh, end their time together as a band. And I convinced my mom to take me to New York City to see what? them <laughs> one last time in concert. And my dad called the radio station that was uh, putting on the event. And um, my dad asked them if I could have backstage passes because I had, like, never met them, never been to one of their shows. And it was their last one. And I got to go backstage and meet them. And it was a great trip. So, wow, good pull, Dad. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, teamwork there. It was pretty Dang. awesome. Yep. Pretty wild event. That's good. I think that whole thing says more about your dad than you, but that's cool. I think it says a little bit about me. It My does. husband says I'm a very persistent person. I think if you were going to write a comedy <laughs> show put... and make up a boy band name, Dream Street Dream would Street. be the kind of I one feel of like you guys would be familiar examples. with their song because it was like, you know how they used to do infomercials for CDs? Sure. What's a CD? <laughs> Compact disc, I believe. Oh. Be parlance. Huh. So anyways, they were... Part of uh, TV infomercials. Great. Yes. Uh, yeah, the younger listeners are like, I don't know what an infomercial is. I don't know if they still do those. But, Nettie, what about you? Fun fact. Yes. Um, this is this fun fact. I think uh, it it strikes at the heart of the imperfect leaders thing because I'm going to tell you a way in which I I am perfect. I have never got a speeding ticket. Wow. Or a traffic violation. Have you ever been per, like partner to one? At least <laughs> I've been in a in a yeah. vehicle that has been pulled over for <laughs> speeding, but it wasn't me that drive was Wait, driving. You got pulled over once with, and you were singing Taylor Swift. Oh yeah, oh. I, did, I didn't get uh. a ticket though. No, I know. I forgot about that. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so I did get. Did I say I didn't? I've never gotten pulled over. Yeah. Oh yes, I've gotten pulled no over. Traffic violation, but yeah, I, okay. I have no okay. traffic violations. Yeah, right, my record yeah. is clean. Um, I got a I got a warning. But uh, yes, I was jamming out to Taylor Swift and and got pulled over for going 70 and a 55. Didn't realize how fast I was going, but the officer was very kind to me and I could not stop giggling the whole time. Um, but what I was going to say is to counterbalance that I am not a good driver. 
I am an easily distracted person. It overflows into my driving. I think I'm safe. I'm a safe driver, but I'm also a little bit crashy. Um, (laughs) Just like parking, I get a little bit too close uh, sometimes. Thankfully, I'm an honest person, so I would never hit your car and then drive away. Um, Yeah, no, my conscience would just kill me uh, if I did something like that. But yeah, I'm a little bit, I would say a little bit crashy, but I counterbalance that by like not like being on my phone or doing the, I sure I don't text when I drive. No, I don't text when I drive. Um, you know, things like that because yeah. I would, I would, I would harm someone, I think. And that would break my heart. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, fun fact about me. I love to fish. Uh, so if I do get any free time, I, that if I can, I'll try to go fishing. And I was earlier this year, actually, caught my biggest freshwater fish in my life. I actually, I've caught a bigger fish, uh, but this one was uh, in Wisconsin. I caught a 30 and three quarter inch Northern Pike. And just so the viewers can see, show that with your hands. Yeah. Yeah. So 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 30 and three quarters. And this was kind of a wild story. So I, I catch this pike and I had my tape measure was way up shore to measure it. And I was like, oh, no, there's not enough time to go get the tape measure and get this fish back in the water. It's a catch and release, people, we're talking about here. And a guy had appeared, like, up on the bank. And he's like, I'm a woodworker. I've always got a, a tape measure on me. He <laughs> came out of nowhere. He measures it. because Sounds like a Bible story. Yeah, because he's a woodworker, he measures it perfectly uh, because it's just, literally, that's his livelihood. And then he measures it. Takes We get a picture. I put the fish back in the water. By the time I turn around, he's gone. I was like, was he even there? Was he real? Was it a miracle? Others were witnessing, though, so it wasn't. So anyway, I post this fish to social media. It's a pretty good fish. Uh, not the biggest northern pike you've ever seen, but it's a good fish. And uh, the first comment I hear uh, from Kalen, actually, who's in the room, is I didn't think it was that big. Oh, like, oh, yeah. That's a good size northern. Very excited. It, the picture did not look that big. Well, it's because they're okay. not fat fish. <laughs> they're skinny. Yeah, they're skinny right. fish. It's so. not like a ocean fish. I know what a northern looks like. A lot of do support. You? But do you? From, okay. My I biggest know. fish ever was a, a barracuda in Belize. This was barracuda. Yeah, deep sea fishing. That was pretty cool. I felt very accomplished. And I actually, for that one, I posted that to Facebook. And a friend of ours, Brian Silver, goes fake. So literally, I get no credit for catching. They're not uh, fisher people. I am fish. a fisher woman, so I understand this. Thank you. And have a bucket list of deep sea fishing. I've been fishing in the ocean, but it's been like shallow water. Mm-hmm. So I really want to deep sea fish someday. So. It is a workout. That's it's really fun. Yeah, my grandpa said you can take hours to reel in one fish. If yeah. yeah, big fighters. Yeah, teamwork. So. I feel like so I don't get canceled, and because I'm a mom, I have to say don't don't text and drive. I mentioned earlier, people kind of wink, wink, but. Don't do it. Don't do it, people. Yeah, don't text and drive. That's one of our big platforms here on the podcast. <laughs> I didn't want to get things. canceled. <laughs> well, yeah, no. Yeah. yeah. So that's funny. And I don't want uh, people so to do it. That's kind of what we're talking about. Let's get into this. Uh, the leading question. So every time we do this, these episodes, we try to have a provocative question to get us thinking about a leadership topic. And for this one, we're going to be digging into the topic of boundaries, uh, which Natty's going to give us a definition on that uh, in a second here. But the question is, who should we cancel? Kaylin says everybody. She's looking. She didn't say it out loud, but she wants to cancel everyone. You can tell by her eyes. Yeah, she was, she just canceled me with that look. So I'm canceled. But uh, so who should we cancel? Natty, give us a quick definition, and then let's talk about this question. Yeah, 
I'm thanking Paul for giving me the tiny heads up as right before we hit the record button, he goes, Hey, can you give a definition of boundaries? I'm like, uh, yeah, sure. I'll try. But if I like quick off the cuff, I would say it's, it's the space between us and other people that allows for healthy relationships. And you might, you might think of it as like a fence line, right? Mm. Um, you know, they say fences make good neighbors. Well, sometimes, right? We have a one neighbor we don't have a fence with because our kids played between the yards and now we share a yard and it's really worked out. And so we have a boundary line. We have a property line. We own this property. They own that property, but we've never found a need for a fence. But there are relationships where you might put up a chain link fence or a privacy fence or a three foot thick, 10 feet high concrete wall. I don't know, you know, with, with uh, what's the, the barbed wire on top or whatever, right? You might you might take extreme measures. Good imagery. Yeah. Kayla, when you, when you think of boundaries, what comes to mind? Uh, when I think of boundaries, um, I think of self-reflection and knowing yourself or so self-reflection and learning to know yourself. Uh, so you know what you need and how to engage with certain people or situations. Um, like Natty said, it's kind of the space between yourself and another person or a situation. Um, so it's giving yourself permission to say, I don't have capacity for that, or I think I have capacity maybe for this much, or um, that is, you could also, if like emotions are high, it could be, okay, these are my emotions to own. These are their emotions to own. So I think it's owning what is yours to own and not uh, what others might be placing on you. That's really good. And as we think about specifically the question, who should we cancel? The reason why we use that to lead into the conversation on boundaries is that uh, we're in a kind of a cultural time right now. We're canceling people kind of means cutting them out, removing them uh, from your life. And, and I think boundaries gives us maybe a way forward that uh, establishes some ground rules and parameters, or like you guys use the language of space and, and uh, ownership and some of these other things uh, that boundaries can really help us to understand how to relate well with others in healthy ways that might not necessarily write them off as much as if we just completely canceled them. Uh, and so it's kind of a, this is a, a topic we'll kind of continue talking about as we go on the show. But one of the things we wanted to get into with this was the quote of the week. And so our quote of the week this week comes from the book Boundaries by Henry Cloud. Uh, and speaking, he's and we're going after kind of the concept of boundaries and forgiveness. So when When we set up boundaries with people, we're always doing that. Oftentimes, we can kind of transgress or trespass on each other's boundaries. In in short, we hurt each other, right? We're all imperfect people, and so we uh, can hurt each other. And so there's kind of this link between boundaries and boundary setting with others and forgiveness. And so the quote is this. He says, forgiveness and opening up to more abuse are not the same thing. Forgiveness has to do with the past reconciliation and boundaries have to do with the future. Limits guard my property until someone has repented and can be trusted to visit again. And if they sin, I will forgive again 70 times 7. But I want to be around people who honestly fail me, not dishonestly deny that they have hurt me and have no intent to do better. Okay, so kind of a big quote. Kaylin, what's jumping out to you about this quote? Um, I also want to be around those people, people that who will, (laughs) uh, honestly fail me and then acknowledge that they failed me. Um, and I hope to be the same person to others. So 
in thinking about wisdom and how to walk this line well, um, I would say for me, it's having to seek the Lord and seek community and know how and knowing how to best handle a situation or a person. Um, because I think in these situations, we can get so easily caught up in our emotions that it can be hard to make a wise decision. Um, and I also think God is in the business of just working in miraculous ways. And so redemption is possible while still having limits. So limits mm-hmm. are still good. Um, but that's where I think we do need wise counsel. Um, because as if you are the party that has been hurt, um, it's just, I would recommend just seeking others and the Lord in that. Yeah, that's really good. The this this first line is really getting me. Forgiveness and opening up to more abuse are not the same thing. And so I think there's kind of tensions when we talk about boundaries. One is j- just forgive everybody all the time and keep moving toward them at all times. And it's like, okay, there might be times where this is an abusive or harmful relationship that actually does need to have very significant boundaries. And maybe even I, you can't be in my life right now. Uh, there's uh, uh, certainly cases like that. I think that the quote is trying to get at the tension of, okay, we're not, we're not, when you talk boundaries, you're not saying no boundaries and you're not saying um, put up boundaries so much that you never believe people can change. But there is wisdom in setting even at times very strict boundaries. So when we even thinking about who should we cancel, it's like, we're not going to, I'm not going to cancel you, but I do need to protect myself uh, or maybe my family because you are, you're not showing that ownership that says I'm willing to change my behavior, which kind of the end of the quote gets at. But there is this tension between the reality that boundaries, boundaries are loving. Like to set a boundary is actually a loving thing. I think we feel like, oh, I've got to tell my mom this, or I've got to tell this coworker that. And we think that's not, that's an unloving choice. But a boundary is a healthy, loving choice. Um, when we keep that redemptive mindset and that reality that I'm not here to cancel you or write you off because uh, I understand that I also have flaws and perfections and, and it can sin and hurt you. Uh, and yet what is wise for us moving forward? Um, so yeah, there's a lot here. Natty, what are your thoughts on this quote? Yeah, I want to just take a step back to the initial question of who should we cancel? Um, and then it, it, it will tie into my thoughts on the quote, but I just, cancel culture bothers me. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I think it just is a sign of our emotional laziness as people mm-hmm. um, because cancel culture just says not only am I going to put up a 10 foot wall between you uh, with barbed wire on top I'm going to pretend you're not even on the other side and if I can't pretend you're not on the other side I'm going to vilify you for things as simple as disagreement and again I'm not talking about putting up healthy boundaries to people who have harmed and abused and, and hurt us but the the idea that you know, we can totally cancel someone for ideas that we disagree with um, is tough. And um, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that people don't say things that are hurtful or, or you know, like we would look at it and go, wow, like where, what, what kind of heart is what you're saying coming yeah. from? It's just this idea of vilification or totally writing somebody off as a human being. That's hard for me. And so I really like the part of the quote that says, I want to be around people who honestly fail me, not dishonestly deny that they have hurt me and have no intent to do better. When I think of boundaries, I think that is a really big indicator of what kind of, I guess, proverbial fence line I might put up between myself and somebody else. Because I think when we sit in this room, 
we as friends here, the three of us, we fail each other, right? We've mm-hmm. talked about mm-hmm. that before. We've all said things that hurt each other or done things where we were self-centered or not considering somebody else's feelings. So, um, but that's it. That's a, those were honest mistakes. No one was really trying to harm the other person. So if I just toss up a fence because my heart got hurt, I would be losing out on the opportunity for something really great. I laugh with you guys a lot. And um, yeah, I would just be, I would be harming myself. I would be taking something away that God intended for a blessing. But if somebody is intentionally hurting me and they have no intention to do better, wow, that's a totally different story. And that fence is going to look a heck of a lot different. Mm -hmm. And what's hard is when those people are really meaningful people, right? Like our parents or Mm -hmm. siblings Mm -hmm. or that childhood friend we've known since we were five, um, our brother-in-law mm-hmm. I, and it, my brother-in-law is great. That's, that's, there's no hidden messaging there. <laughs> um, but how do we, how do we do that and how do we make those decisions? So I think cloud's really getting at something here with that last sentence. Yeah. That's uh, just got me thinking about how Jesus really does change our approach to this topic. And the thing about that last quote in particular because so often when we are the person who has failed another, when we're the one who's done the wrong, uh, to have them confront us with that reality can be crippling, right? When we're rooted in our high view of ourselves, that you told me uh, what you did hurt me, or hurt you, uh, I can't handle that. But if I'm okay in Jesus, I actually can say, yeah, that makes sense. That actually fits with a pattern of me hurting people, and yet I'm okay in Jesus, so now I can own this and and work on and repent and apologize and do these things that help restore that that either that broken trust or that hurt relationship and and so that's the beauty of where forgiveness comes into this is that we we don't cancel anyone. I if we look at the gospel we realize that we all deserve in, in some way to be canceled, right? Like we've all <laughs> sinned, we've all hurt others, we've all offended God. And, and Jesus is the one who's actually going to take our canceling for us right on the cross. And, and so then that changes the way we approach this whole topic that we, even for those that we would set a very strict boundary with, uh, and that can be wise, we'd still believe they could be redeemed, um, because we were. And so that's kind of a weird tension that, that I don't think we necessarily can flesh out in this episode, but, but it's fun to kind of keep engaging with this idea. Uh, so as we think about then kind of growing together, we, we realize this is a journey, uh, but we always want to take these leadership topics as imperfect leaders and think about how can we grow? What are practical things we can do? So, Nandy, I'd be curious to hear from you. What are some practical ways that an imperfect leader can become more gracious, more discerning when it comes to setting boundaries? Well, we did just quote the book Boundaries. I would say just practically, it's a solid book. Mm-hmm. I like this book. And it could be worth a read if if you're like, wow, this is a new concept to me. Or, yeah, I am just tempted to just completely cancel people because my system can't take it anymore. This might be the kind of book that is good for you to actually just like prompt thought, mm-hmm. right? Maybe work through with a yeah. couple people. Yep. And then that was going to be my next thing. Yeah. Find wise counsel who can... Uh, help walk you through it. Maybe somebody who's had an experience in a difficult relationship or somebody who's just a little bit further along in their walk with God and their walk in relationships who can help you help guide you that. And then I would say, just know ourselves, be honest with ourselves about who we are and our own needs, but also when we're likely to maybe throw in the towel mm-hmm. prematurely when we could mm-hmm. do a little bit of work. What about you, Kay? Uh, I, 
will say very similarly to what Natty said. Uh, the first thing I um, thought of was just seeking wise counsel. Um, so who are those that you trust um, who understand your context and can help you discern what are healthy limits or boundaries for the current season that you're in? Uh, and I liked what you said, too, about someone who is in um, maybe more of a season ahead of you who's been through what you might be experiencing right now um, and can just help you work through that. Yeah, I would. the only things I had were get support. I think when you have to set a boundary with someone, it's helpful to have others that you can talk to and support you in that. Uh, and one thing that's important to remember with this is that when you do have to, and we all have to at times, communicate clearly a boundary that we need to set with another, um, it is up to that person to respond to that. So you don't need to own someone else's response to your boundary setting. Mm-hmm. If someone is hurting me and I communicate to them, the words you're using hurt me. And I would appreciate it if you would please stop speaking to me that way. That's how formal I talk. Uh, if that, <laughs> but you know what I mean, right? If someone's hurting you with their words and you, you bring that to them and they get offended and say, you must not love me, that's their choice. But that's on them to work through. I'm keeping my boundary that I'm not going to allow you to speak to me that way anymore. And we're going to have this conversation continually as I set that firm boundary if you do transgress that boundary. But if you get flippant or upset or even like accuse me, um, that's you. That's on you. And I'm seeking to actually have a healthier relationship by setting this boundary. I'm standing up for myself, perhaps in that. Um, so yeah, there's that's a lot there. Um, and then I, the other thing I was thinking about is um, is the idea of ownership. That there's kind of a twofold thing here with this. Uh, there's intent and impact. So my actions, I might have intended to uh, for someone to hear something one way, uh, but they might have heard it a different way. That's the impact. And the beauty of being okay in Jesus is I can, if if I'm wrong, either in my intent or my impact, I can actually own that. Hmm. So I can say, I'm okay in Jesus. My identity is secure. I'm not defined by how well I speak to someone or if I don't hurt anyone or however it would look. And I can um, own my my impact even. So I can own my intent and say, wow, you heard that that way. That really wasn't what I intended. But I can flee being defensive there because it's so easy. And I can actually say, even though I didn't intend that, you heard it this way and I'm sorry. And I can own that. And I think these are, as we get into this stuff, we're just thinking about it in terms of what's going to promote healthy relationships. And boundaries really are something that can actually uh, help us promote healthy relationships, whether it's uh, maybe loosening them, some that we have that we we need to show more grace or maybe kind of establishing them more firmly with more discernment. So let's get into this then with one takeaway. uh, And just again, we're always trying to take away something from the conversation because we are imperfect leaders. And for me, it is that, um, that it is important to examine boundaries. That's important to for me to think about, are there places I need to set boundaries and are there places I need to maybe show more grace that I've overstepped uh, and I'm not being kind or gracious to people. I'm not believing in their best and that, and that they could be redeemed. And so that just kind of that self-examination piece. Yeah, I think for me, it's definitely the don't settle for the kind of cheap and easy blanket approach to just eliminating emotional unease. Again, in the cases where the, the abuse and things are happening, of course, we want <clears throat> excuse me, people to protect themselves, but um, to really put in the time to think and pray 
and create healthy boundaries and relationships with other people. And I would take like parents as an example, right? My kids are now 18, 20, and 22. And I we're learning to redefine our boundaries, right? Mm. And me as a parent, I want to let them be independent adults now who make their own decisions and and have their own path in life. And so I need to be cognizant of that. If I kept treading on their boundaries and kept trying to tell them, I would want them to be able to share that with me. Um, or the like, think of you, you all have little kids and I had little kids at some point. Remember having to create boundaries with your parents about how you're going to care for your own children, mm-hmm. right? Um, <clears throat> and it was really easy for uh, parents to feel offended when you're making choices for your kids that are different than the choices they made for you, such as car seats. So in the 70s, when I was a kid, we didn't have car seats. I just apparently just laid on the seat in a basket and or stood shotgun next to my mom on the seat, right? Uh, My parents aren't anti-car seat, don't get me wrong, but like they could be offended when you say like, okay, you have to have a car seat wherever you go. Like, oh, well, do you think we weren't trying to be safe with you? You know, you can hear that or outlet covers or whatever might be your thing. What, you know, maybe you do a a sleep eat schedule or like something like that. You know, can you as a parent then, how do you have healthy conversations about boundaries with your parents? So just thinking through those things. Kaylin, I saw that face. Well, just parenting is fun. Parenting is just a series of boundary creation. All the time. Yep. (laughs) Um, uh, the takeaway, it's not even more of a takeaway, but well, I guess it is. Um, I loved what Paul had said earlier about how Jesus, um, he took on the cancel for us. And so God, um, so us in our sin, God could have canceled us and said, man, I don't want anything to do with you. Um, but instead he put that on Christ and, uh, through Christ's work on the cross, we are now back in relationship with God and just um, the gift that that is that God loved us that much to draw us back in community with him. And so um, I think that's what I'm taking away. I like that. Well, that wraps up our conversation for today, but we want to keep connecting with you. So thank you for listening to the podcast. And if you like what you heard, be sure to follow our show and leave a review. We love connecting with our listeners. So if you have questions, comments, or topic ideas, please email us ldi at hopecc.com. LDI is a ministry of Hope Community Church based in Minneapolis, Minnesota. We seek to develop leaders in their biblical thinking, Christ-like character, and ministry skills for service both inside and outside the church. We do this through internships, classes, seminars, and retreats. If you're interested in learning more about our internships or other opportunities, visit ldi.hopecc.com or email ldi at hopecc.com. Have a great week.